Well, as you know, we had the power outage last week, and so this is four weeks since I've been in the pulpit, so um, don't be afraid. I'm not going to make up for the last four weeks, but um, I had planned to begin a new series, uh, kind of in conjunction with Remembrance Day, a series in your newsletter entitled Relentless that has to do with uh, suffering and the purpose of suffering in God's economy and how God uses suffering and so on to grow us and His purposes. And so uh, I am going to do that but in a condensed series beginning next week uh, for two Sundays uh, because this morning there's a topic I want to deal with that um, is not meant just to be uh, heated up from last week, so I don't have to do anything this week, but uh, it is an important topic and it really has to do uh, with what the Lord's been doing in our lives and, and new things He's been or new ways he's been stretching many people, growing people, that this really is uh, a, a gift that God has given to us that uh, he wants us to understand and to walk in for, for purposes that we will uh, unfold this morning. And so I, I still wanted to bring this teaching. We usually do uh, touch on this topic once or twice a year anyway, but this morning before we get into the next theme and then into Christmas and so on, I, I, d- I did want to uh, bring this teaching to us, and I, I pray it will be a blessing and help some of us to uh, just continue to move into uh, what the Lord is doing in our life and into new dimensions of that. And of course, as the uh, screen shows, uh, the topic is fasting. And everybody said? (laughs) Amen. 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 Okay, Isaiah 58 is our scripture, and I'm just going to take time to read that this morning from the, uh, I think it's the New Living Translation. Uh, Isaiah 58, just the first nine verses, and we'll touch on a couple more in the message this morning. But the Lord says to his prophet, Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. I'm make sure I got the, is that the right translation? Mm, all about me, right. Okay, because I switched it uh, this week to a uh, more modern uh, version. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. When your salvation, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will, be quickly, will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call. The Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. 
Now, the question that the Lord puts to his people in this passage really are central to, I, to the reason why I think a lot of us either do not fast or that we do not understand what fasting is about. Let me say from the outset, God never intended fasting to be a burden. God provided fasting as a means for us for personal and spiritual breakthrough. Now, for those who may not be familiar with fasting, all fasting very simply is, as we see on the next slide, is just voluntarily going without food for whatever season it may be in order that you can focus on your fellowship with God, in order that you can identify and break through areas, whether physically or spiritual, into new things God wants to bring you into where maybe you have plateaued or maybe there's resistance spiritually and you just need to break into that thing that's been stirring in your heart. In fact, when you read the Word of God, you discover that every single fast really is associated with very positive outcomes. And yet many people think of fasting in terms of just kind of making yourself miserable in order that God will feel sorry for you and maybe do something for you that normally He doesn't want to do. That's not what it's about. Please understand, fasting does not coerce God. Fasting cripples the enemy. Fasting cripples the flesh and allows your spirit to begin to rise up and to have prominence in your life. The Lord asked in verse 5, Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast? Will you call this a day acceptable to the Lord? In other words, the Lord is saying, when I instituted fasting in your culture, do you really think that's what I'm after? Do you think that's why I want you to fast? Just these exterior trappings? And you know, as I read that, I realize it really speaks to a fundamental question to every one of us here this morning. And I want to ask you this, and I want you to think about this. The question simply is this. What does it mean to you to follow Jesus Christ? What does it mean to you to be a child of God? Is it a life of restriction? Or is it a life of release, of newness? What is it to you? Many of us grew up, and one of the reasons we walked away from the Lord was perhaps either because it was communicated or because we wrongly understood that being a Christian was about all the things that I can't do. Right? Well, my friends are having fun. You know, I can't do this and this. It's a, it's a real drag. And that's because you've been deceived. Being a child of God is about all the things that you now can do and all the things that you no longer need to do because of the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. You see, whatever the Lord calls any of us to do, it has but one purpose. It's to establish foundations in our lives from which we can live with confidence. And we can live with compassion. That's really what fasting is about. That's what it makes possible. In fact, I always look forward to times of fasting. Now, it's not always easy. And I enjoy eating. Anybody enjoy eating? Most of us enjoy eating. So it's not necessarily that I fast because I don't like eating. But what I like even less is knowing that there are areas in my life where the enemy has the upper hand. There are choices that I'm making. There are habits or patterns in my life that I know if I'm to walk with God, He wants me to confront those things and He wants those things to be changed. 
And so when it comes to those things I see the enemy doing, I like that less than going without food. So I'm willing to do that. In Isaiah's day, the people asked God in verse 3, we have fasted before you. Why aren't you impressed? You ever do that? God, I've been good for three days. So now I can come and ask you for what I need, right? We have, we have been very hard on ourselves. Haven't watched TV for a whole day. And you don't even care. And the Lord says this, I will tell you why. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. You see, fasting was a very natural part of the Jewish culture. And so what they were saying here was, God, we're doing our part here, or so they thought. So where's the payoff? And the Lord's response is that, that even though people claim to be fasting as he commanded, it wasn't having the effect on them that God intended. And the effect that God intends for fasting, for prayer in a believer's life combined with fasting, is that it would affect us at the level of the heart. What he's saying is you're going through this, but you're not allowing me to change you. That's what it's all about. God says in verse 5, the kind of fasting he doesn't want is the kind that's only a religious display of misery and sacrifice. You ever live that way? Oh, man, I would love to, but I can't because I'm a Christian. You know, I wish I could do that. The Lord's saying, that's not the fast I'm looking for. Then from verse 6 onward, he says the kind of fast he does want is the fast that has liberating results, that freedom flows from it. In other words, when fasting is done God's way, he says, beautiful things happen. And we read about some of those things. The Lord says that his light appears. Healing breaks forth. Righteousness becomes a way of life. I love the King James Version, verse 8, says it this way, that the Lord will make fat thy bones. Isn't that wonderful? Whenever my mother gained a couple pounds, she'd always say, I'm big bone. Right? We're big bone. Well, the Lord is saying, I will make fat your bones. What is he saying? He says, I will nourish you from the inside out. That's the purpose for the fast. Now, there are a lot of parallels between the physical and spiritual benefits of fasting. For example, fasting physically will cleanse your body. We're told that the average North American assimilates about four pounds. Imagine this, four pounds of chemical additives and preservatives into their body every single year that can build up and obviously lead to sickness and disease. And so when you fast, what do you do? You give your body a break. You give your organs a break, and they begin to break things down. And because your, your body's not just running on the fuel of the food that you're eating, there's no food there now. It goes to your fat reserves. And as it starts breaking down the fat reserves, one of the reasons why you lose weight when you, when you fast, but as it breaks down the fat reserves, all those toxins held in the fat, they begin to go into your system. And as you're drinking, they get flushed out. There comes a cleansing. In fact, science tells us that fasting will even slow your aging process. The Bible says that Moses fasted often. In fast, on two occasions, at least he fasted 40 days, one time by the power of God with no food or water. And I love what the Bible says about Moses. He was 120 years old when he died, and yet his eyesight was clear, and he was as strong as ever. 
Research has shown that fasting will sharpen your mind. It will improve your natural senses like sight and smell and taste. It will break addictions to unhealthy eating. It will break addictions to nicotine. It will break addictions to caffeine. It will break addictions to alcohol and drugs and all those other kind of bondages. Those are some of the very practical benefits of fasting. In fact, if you know anybody who, who is concerned about health, even if they're not a follower of Christ, oftentimes fasting will be part of their regimen. Even if they're involved in exercise and, and weightlifting, all that kind of stuff, they recognize the benefits to the body of fasting. So that's physically. But when you fast and pray and feed upon the Word of God, what happens? You literally begin to detoxify your spirit in a way that prayer alone won't do, in a way that even reading the Word of God alone will not do. It will to a certain degree, but then there needs to be fasting to go deeper than that. You see, most of us, when we feel discouraged or we feel irritated, what do we tend to do? We turn to potato chips. That's right, comfort food, right? Right? We, we are kind of wired to deal with that with food. We go and we eat, or maybe there's something else we default to. Maybe it's some kind of habit, something we watch, something we do, whatever it may be. But a lot of times we turn to junk food or sweets, whatever it is. We use food to deal with life. But you see, what fasting will do, when you combine it with prayer, time with the Lord, when you combine it with time in His Word, what fasting will do is instead of denying or suppressing whatever it is you're encountering, Fasting by the Holy Spirit will give you perspective about what is going on and will give you strength and wisdom to confront it head on. A big difference. Fasting, you might say, it agitates your spirit. It's kind of like a washing machine. Fasting has a way of breaking off and flushing away those deposits that get inside of you that, that dull your senses. In fact, one of the things you'll, you'll first see in your life, if you begin to move in the discipline and the gift of fasting, is what the Bible calls in Hebrew chapter 9, you'll discover there comes a cleansing from dead works. That's a beautiful promise. The Lord just has a way of identifying those things, breaking those things off, flushing them out, and there just comes a newer, sharper, deeper relationship and revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, how many enjoy feasting? It's okay, you can admit it. Feasting. Get your gift cards when you leave here this morning. Nothing wrong with feasting. Do you realize that God loves feasting? God was the one who, who established feasting and all the different feasts among his people. In fact, God loves the fact that you love feasting. And the reason is because feasting is God's way of communicating to you and me his fullness. What kind of God he is. And he institutes the fast to remind his people that I am a God of bounty, right? Jesus said you will have what kind of life? An abundant life, right? Life to the full. That's what he intends for us, and he reminds us through the feast. But there are feasts that fill us, and there are feasts that free us. Fasting is a feast that frees us. It's a spiritual feast that introduces us in a way that prayer alone won't do and reading the Word of God just alone will not do. It has a way of introducing us to the beauty of the Lord, to the bounty 
of who the Lord is and what he has for us. Saints, the New Testament churches, they were power centers. And you know why they were power centers? It's because their leadership was raised up. Their ministries were developed in a context of prayer with fasting. And the whole church got in on it. That's why. It wasn't just the job of the leadership. They led it. But the whole church family understood the power of prayer with fasting. It was key to what God was going to do. And friends, I believe with all my heart that powerful New Testament things happen today the exact same way. Corporately, when the people of God move in prayer with fasting. I believe there's a great work of God that will happen in our midst. That is happening. But there's greater things the Lord has still. But it will be in the context of prayer with fasting. If you have your Bibles... And you can follow along the screen, but if you're taking any notes, let's go to Isaiah 58 and see what the Lord intends with fasting and prayer. Verse 7, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Saints, if the only thing you ever get out of fasting is feeling hungry, that's still a good thing. It's still a good thing. Because you see, God wants us as his people who know so much affluence and provision, he wants us to feel the pang of hunger sometimes. He wants us to be reminded that in our city, there are people every single day who go through their day with no food, who go through their day hungry, who go through their day with other things that we take for granted that they don't have that makes life very difficult for them. He wants us to relate to that. And let me just say this as a parent. Your children need to experience that too. We need to stop protecting our children from that kind of stuff. Our children need to learn to fast. Whether it's one meal, one day joining with you, our children need to know what it is to feel hunger. Because, you see, when we do feel hungry, when our children feel hungry, I really believe it's one of God's most practical purposes. Because he wants us to realize there are people outside of our comfortable circle of provision. And in that hunger, what does God do? He begins to develop compassion in his people. And where there's genuine compassion, then the people of God begin to develop ministry. Ministry that meets the physical and spiritual needs of different segments of our society that we are called to reach. Verse 8, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Another reason for fasting is because the Lord wants life-giving healing ministry to flow in the church. And through the church. He doesn't just want programs for the saints. And there's nothing wrong with some of the programs that we run to encourage the saints and build up the saints and so on. But it's not just about us and we know that. The Lord wants healing to flow through his people. The Lord wants the supernatural to break forth in the midst of his people and to flow in our community through the people of God. And that healing ministry, he says in verse 10, that light, he says, will shine out of the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright 
as noon. The Lord is saying, are you fed up with the darkness? Well, you know what? You have light. And if you want that light to rise up, if you want that light to break forth, then I'm calling my people collectively to pray and to fast. The Lord says when the whole church gets involved in fasting and prayer, there will come a season of continuous healing. There will come a season of perpetual glory of the Lord in the midst of His people. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst They will be filled, Jesus said. You know, if any of you are involved in the ministries of Glad Tidings here, you know that this has been a year of growth in different ways. Our theme for this year, in case anyone has forgotten, or if you're new, is Isaiah 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your dwelling. Just imagine this large desert tent. You can, the, 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 the Bedouin people kind of, you can think that, in your, remember that in your mind's eye. The Lord says in Isaiah 54 and 2, he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. He says, do not hold back. Lengthen those cords, those ropes. Strengthen those stakes, those pegs. Drive them into the ground. And one of the things we shared at the very beginning of the year we felt the Lord calling us to is to recognize areas in our life where either there is smallness or where there's just things that have become undisciplined or haphazard, kind of like, you know, the wind we had last week. Imagine you have a tent and and the cords aren't stretched out tight. Imagine that they're loose. Imagine there's some pegs that are out of the ground. They're just kind of laying there. What is going to happen when the wind comes, Right? It is going to flap, eventually probably be carried away. And the Lord says there's areas in your life and mine where the tent is flapping. There's areas that have become loose and undisciplined. There's areas where you're not established and you know that. There's areas where you're exposed to the element. You're exposed to the enemy. And I want to show you those things through the year 2018. I want you to broaden your influence. I want you to drive in your stakes. I want you to be established. I want you to be ready to house what it is I want to create in you. I want to increase your capacities to receive, increase your capacities to minister. I don't want you to be satisfied with 2017 blessings. I don't want you to be satisfied with some of the things you've been exposed to. I want to whet your taste for new things I want to do or in the things I'm growing you in. I want to take you deeper. Deeper. Does anybody feel that this year? Is it just me? I'm sure it's not. Is that your heart's desire? The Lord doesn't move in our midst. The Lord doesn't do signs and wonders. The Lord doesn't do some of the things we've seen the Lord do just so we can sit back and say, that's kind of cool. No, it has been a year of growth, not just numerically. It's been a year of growth in salvations. We've seen about 35 or more people that have come to Christ for the first time. We've seen over 60 water baptisms, only 40, over 40 people that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. We've seen numerous people healed in the church and in the marketplace. We can't keep track just as people are obedient and stepping out into what the Lord has called them to do. But my prayer is, oh Lord, may we never grow used to your glory. May we never grow accustomed to the supernatural in our midst and what you're doing in our midst, oh God. May we never come to a place that we step back and say, oh, I've seen that before. Show me something new. Because we can fall into that. 
We can think, well, this is good enough. I enjoy this. We got just enough power, just enough Jesus, just enough encouragement on a Sunday morning, just enough testimonies to encourage us that God is doing something in our midst. But we need to resist. We need to consciously resist that spirit of entertainment and say, Lord, I don't want to be entertained. I want to press in. I want to enter into your kingdom. I want to lay hold of you and what it means to be a person who's filled with you and who believes in you, and a people in whose midst you abide and you want to move in and through. I want to keep growing. And that's where fasting comes in. Fasting flushes out that spiritual apathy and that unbelief. Fasting creates new tastes for the things that Jesus wants to do. I recently read that there are four taste zones on the human tongue. I'm sure I have a dozen myself. But they say it kind of boils down to four. You have the sweet zone and the salty zone and the sour zone and the bitter zone. That's where you have things like broccoli and stuff like that. And they say that they kind of overlap. But what I thought was interesting is that the sweet zone is on the very tip of our tongue. Isn't that interesting? You know, most of us, we kind of crave something sweet, you know, chocolate or whatever it might be. We just kind of crave something sweet. And I just thought, you know, it might be a bit of a stretch, but it just made me think of how spiritually that really kind of speaks to our spiritual nature oftentimes too in the, in the culture in which we live, is that the thing that is oftentimes most prominent in our spiritual appetites is those things that, that seem to be sweet. You know, the world spirit that just, oh, taste this, taste this, you got to try this, this tastes real good. And we just find ourselves filling ourselves with spiritual junk food. And so we just, we just have this, this craving for sweet things. It reminds you of what Paul said to Timothy. And he said, we've got to be careful in the last days as the people of God. Because he said, speaking to the church, in the last days, people will become, say it with me, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Is that a far stretch? Do we see that today? Do we sense that draw all the time in our own walk with the Lord? You see, what fasting does is it gives our spiritual taste buds a break. It gives the Holy Spirit time to kind of cleanse our spiritual palate and create new tastes, create stronger tastes for the deeper things of God. If you know to start eating healthier, it doesn't mean you necessarily diet and you just, the light goes on one day and you realize, hey, I'm kind of killing myself here. I need more energy. I need more energy. And just begin to eat healthy. Make healthier choices. It's not long, is it, before you start feeling more energy? You find it a little easier getting up in the morning. You find that you know, you're not zonked maybe at 7 o'clock at night. You're more alert. Your days are more productive. Very, very practical benefits of, of healthy eating. It's the same in our walk with the Spirit. The Lord wants to give us new tastes. He wants to give us new tastes that actually bring the abundant life that he's talking about, that bring joy, that it's not just religious duty of just doing the things I have to do and not doing the things I'm not supposed to do because really following Jesus is all about what I can't do. No, 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 no. You begin to taste and see that God is good. You begin to experience him doing new things through you that bring a greater fulfillment than anything religious ever could. And you begin to get addicted to that. You get addicted to that feeling and that reward, that pump, Spiritually speaking, you go, that's what it's all about. That's what serving Jesus is about. And that's what fasting is about. It'll bring us into the deeper things of God, 
giving us new taste. I think any of us who are parents, we know what it's like to have children, smaller children who, who don't like certain foods. And it's not because they've tried it. They just are convinced in their head, their imagination, yuck, don't like it. That's part of being kids, right? But part of maturing is as they get older, they try some of these things and realize that they are good. They are good, sometimes with lots of ketchup, but they're good. And you realize what you've been missing out on all those years. Friends, I say this with love, and nobody comes to mind when I say this. This is just reality. We all go through this at times. But there are some of us here this morning. We have been convinced in our imagination that certain things in the kingdom just aren't for us. We've never tried it, but we just kind of assume either because of things we say about ourselves or lies we believe from the enemy. I mean, I know people who never read the Word of God. And it's not because they don't want to serve God or live for God. They just have themselves convinced, ah, I just can't understand it. You know, or I don't know, I mean, you know, other people are more inclined that way, but I don't know if God can speak to me that way. So they never get into the Word of God. There are some people who are convinced in their imagination that they could never talk to somebody about Jesus. Oh, no, no, that's not my gift. I'm not an evangelist, right? You're not whatever. You know, or they could never operate in the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. They'll never step out. That's not me. I, you know, I know God is good, and I know that God does it through others. He just doesn't do it through somebody like me. And you know what we do? We go through our entire lives as the people of God, and we just eat the same old diet. Year after year after year after year. And I don't care how good your favorite food is. If that's all you eat, you get sick of it. Right? Pizza's wonderful when you haven't had pizza for a couple months. Right? But you eat that every single day. Right? A Big Mac is delicious if you haven't had it for a day. And then after you eat it halfway through, why am I eating this cardboard? They just taste different. You don't even get any meat today. It's just all bun and special sauce, right? It's a different day. But you just are stuck on the same old thing. Friends, the Lord sets before every one of us a feast. As the hymn writer says, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed, and he invites his chosen people. Say it with me. Come and dine. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine. It's right there for all of us. And I can't imagine how it breaks the heart of God when through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, He has made a way for us to come boldly in the presence of God. He has made a way for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's made a way for us to walk in holiness and righteousness for healing to spring forth. He has made a way for us to be the people of God and find fulfillment in Him. It's all there, but we believed a lie. And we just eat the same thing every single day. The same one thing that we're comfortable with. The same other thing that we don't want to try anything new. It's just like spiritual macaroni all the time. And the Lord is saying, I've got T-bone there. And I've got roast there. And I've got salmon there. And I've got everything you can imagine. Come and have it. Oh, I've never tried it before. That's not me. Why not taste and see? Hear me, friends, if you don't try something new in Jesus, I promise you, Jesus will become old to you. You'll still have the same hungers, but you'll fill it with other stuff. And you'll eat the junk, 
And you'll have a certain amount of Jesus to have peace in your heart. Think, I guess we're okay, and, and hopefully God's okay with me. But you are lethargic. You're, you're unhealthy. You're toxic inside. It comes out of the way that you talk. It comes out of the way you live. It comes out of your conversation. Whatever it may be, it's just rotting. We, we were reminded yesterday at our cleansing stream retreat where Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life in all its fullness. The devil has come to rob, steal, kill and destroy and in the Hebrew, in the greek language that word destroy it literally means to decay and to rot he doesn't just come and blow you out of the water he just offers you other stuff to replace jesus because he knows you're hungry for something he knows the vacuum inside that you got to fill and so it's that's kind of our spiritual diet Rather than eating what the Lord has for us and being strengthened and being renewed and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. But you see, friends, we've got to have an appetite for new tastes. We've got to be able to come to the Lord with a hunger and say, Lord, this stuff doesn't fill me anymore. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of reading your word and what you say I am and what you want to do through me and what you want your church to be. I'm tired of reading that and saying I don't see it. And yet the food is right there in front of me. But we need some new tastes. And that's what fasting will do. Fasting with prayer is God's way of revealing to you where you are stuck in your spiritual appetites and the new taste that God wants you to try. Let me just blow through some scriptures here real quick. Verse 9, the Lord says, Then you will call. The Lord will answer, Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. You say, oh, God doesn't speak to me. Well, when do you speak to him? He does speak to you. He says, if you will pray with fasting, you'll begin to hear my voice. He says, stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. That's another purpose for fasting. He says, I want to remove judgment from your heart. I want you to show you how self-centered you are. I want you to show you how toxic you are inside. I want to remove sarcasm from your heart. I want you to begin to be a person who speaks faith. A person who expects what God is saying he's going to do. Let faith grace your conversations. Verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. I love that. He says, you will begin to hear the Lord clearly. Begin to hear the Lord clearly. But say, ah, I've, I've tried. You know, I, I I've always told God, God, I'm here whenever, you know, just I'm doing my thing, but I just want you to know you get permission. Anytime you want to talk to me, I'm here. Imagine what kind of marriage you'd have like that. Yeah, yeah, I got things I want to do, but listen, if you ever need me, you know where I am. I got a cell phone, give me a call. See, whenever. It, relationships don't work that way. And in fact, the Lord says, I think it's in Malachi, it just comes to mind, but, but the Lord talks about his people kind of having that attitude. And the Lord says, I don't want that. Give it to somebody else. I'm not going to take that. And in fact, he says, go give that to your governor. Go give that to your mayor. See how impressed they are with your leftovers. No, no. When you're serious, come to me. When you begin to hunger for me, you'll find me. When you begin to thirst, I'll satisfy you. I'm just going to throw it out. You've got to understand the word of God is precious, and I want to give it to you. But I want you to understand the value of it. Value. So that you lay hold of what I have for you. It becomes your life. I become your life. I'm not just another option. I'm not just something you squeeze in. I'm doing this for your own good because you've got to know there is no life outside of me. 
So I want you to begin to hunger for me. I want you to feel those hunger pains. I want you to get serious. Are you really serious? Or are you just saying, wouldn't it be nice if? Well, he says, well, you'll never know. You'll never know. But when you say, Lord, apart from you, I have no good thing. Lord, I hunger for you. I thirst for you. And you begin to do that. You know what you'll experience. And I've experienced the last few weeks. I was saying to my brother Jamie, just, man, since the middle of July, it's just been, it's not been hell, but it's just been, it's been hard. And yet I know it's been a season where, God, where God's having in his hand and God's saying, I'm growing stuff, just stay faithful. I'm growing stuff, just stay faithful. It's been a good season, but the last few weeks it's just been kind of, oh, thank you, Lord, what is that? Don't worry, I wasn't sinning, wasn't doing bad stuff. But it's just a growing season. But what I began to experience toward the end of that season as I just continue to be faithful, continue to be in the word, continue to worship the Lord, continue to do what I know I could do is I could just see God's grace. Just see grace moving in on stuff. Just seeing grace taking care of things. And, and then coming to a place, like I was saying to Jamie this morning, of just, there's just three or four things I can identify. They're not even issues anymore. They don't even come to my mind anymore. The Lord's just broke it. The season's over. Okay. And, and it'll come again sometime. But in those times, there's seasons of fasting with prayer. Because you're saying, Lord, I'm not satisfied with this. I don't want this. I don't want to be accustomed to what you've been doing in my life or shown me or doing in our midst. Lord, I want to continue to press in. I want more. I want to understand more. I want to operate in more. I want to be used more than you. Touch more lives. Understand more things. Whatever it may be. And that's where fasting comes in, combined with prayer. I have no idea where I am. Okay. i got to wrap up. Lord says in verse 12, you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. This is powerful, saints, corporately. Just lay hold of this. You will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as the rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. You see, fasting not only has to do with what God would do in my life, what God would do in our midst, Fasting with prayer also has to do with how God would position us as Glad Tidings Church to be a part of what he wants to do in the churches in our cities. It goes just beyond us, repairer of broken walls, and it's beginning. It is beginning. I shared with the prayer group a couple of Wednesday nights ago, but we've, we've just been having some wonderful prayer gatherings uh, uh, Wednesday mornings, early Wednesday mornings. The pastors, it just started about three or four weeks ago, that we decided, you know what, we just want to get together and pray. Call her to God. No program, no coffees, nothing else. We just want to come together as pastors in this city. And there's probably about 20 or so averaging uh, from Christian organizations, mostly uh, pastors and staff, just coming together and just calling her to God. Saying, Lord, we don't care about our church. We don't care about the denomination. We care about your kingdom. Lord, if we have to repent, we are calling out to you. It's all about you and what you want to do in our city. That's what it's all about. And be praying for us, if you will. Be praying that other pastors will catch the vision and catch on. But while we were praying, uh, I just felt so clear to the Lord impressed. There's an image in my mind. And he just showed, in fact, Pastor Jenny was just praying previous, and she had mentioned about how, how she just felt the Lord had the uh, churches you know, strategically placed all around our city. And the moment she said that, I just felt in my mind's eye, my spirit, just this image of silos everywhere through the city, strategically placed. And silos are a good thing. They provide grain for that immediate area. But I saw those silos instantly being changed in prayer to lighthouses. And those lighthouses were ablaze with a flame 
not just a battery-operated light, but with a flame, the Holy Spirit. And they were not only casting light down in their region for their people in their neighborhood, but as they were shining their light down, their light was also crisscrossing and connecting to every other lighthouse in the city. And so together they created this dome of light that encompassed our entire region and brought light to every life and every home. And I really believe that's God's desire for us as churches in the city of Moncton. It's not just what he's doing in our midst. We thank the Lord. We want to steward that. But it's what we are part of in the larger body of Christ. These are the reasons God invites us to fast. These are the things that the Lord wants to release in our midst. And I have one simple question. Who wants to contend for that? Anybody? One, two, well, two or more. That's good. Right? Because it's about contending. That's what it is. We don't go without food just because we want to lose weight. I mean, some people do. But it's not going to have any spiritual impact. We need to be contending for the things of the Lord. Jeremiah 5, God said to his people, I fed my people until they were full, but they thanked me by committing adultery. Oh, don't get me started. The blessing of God that we squander, the provision of God that we just blow the resources that God has given to us that we just squander and stuff that is just going to be consumed in ashes. It, it's, oh, God forgive us. He feeds us for a purpose. He blesses us for a purpose. If you're here this morning at a place that you feel like you're more in love with God's provisions than you are with God, then I've got to tell you, saints, it's time to fast. It's time to fast, to seek the Lord and get control back of your life. Because we're not only squandering the resources of the Lord, we're also being robbed of God's best for us. And as you fast, Habakkuk says, write the vision and make it plain. While you're fasting, take a journal. Be specific in your prayers. What is it you want from the Lord? Where is it that you're stuck and saying, Lord, I need breakthrough here? Where is, what is the Lord speaking to you specifically? Write it down. Make it understandable. Make it measurable. Make it attainable. That's why we're encouraging us to fast and to pray and to journal, to listen to what God is saying to you because he wants to lead us. I'm so thankful for people in this church who pray. I don't know you all. I know most of you and probably some of you prayer warriors in the closet I may not even know of. But there are blessings that we enjoy as a church and as individuals that are the direct result of people's prayers. But I've got to tell you this, saints, you can't always get by on the coattails of somebody else's prayers. There comes a time when you've got to get down, as I've said before, on your own prayer bones, and you've got to wrestle in prayer for what God has for you. Nobody else is going to give it to you. It's not going to fall out of the sky. Jesus said this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And that means that there are some things that you can deal with just through prayer, just through reading the Word of God and God giving you a word. But there are other things that will not change until you step up to the plate and you deal with them with prayer and fasting. That's the word of God. And there are different ways that you can fast. And I'm finished with this and invite the musicians to come. But hear me, friends. There are different ways that you can fast. But there's one thing you need to know. There is never a convenient time. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You can be determined to just fast for lunchtime one day, and I promise you, somebody will call, let's go for coffee. And your stomach says, yes, thank you, Lord. Right? Or, or I need to fast three days. There's going to be somebody's birthday party you're invited to. 
There's always going to be something. The point being very simply this. There's never a good time to fast as far as convenient. So you just have to make up your mind to fast. To seek the Lord with fasting and prayer. And you'll see that everything else would take care of itself. And nobody's going to be offended if you can't make it to the dinner. I've gone to many a dinner and I've just had a glass of water. Hey, I'm here. I'm fasting today. Glad to be with you. This is more important than the meal. You can do that. People understand. They might even think you're spiritual. And just in case this is new to you, you say, how do I fast? Just start with a meal. If you've never fasted, start with one meal. And if you're working during that day, don't worry about it. Just go to the lunchroom for the half hour, hour you've got. Take your Bible or even a notepad. Just practice listening prayer. Quiet your heart. God will speak to you. But I want to really encourage you, saints. And I'm dead serious about this. Move beyond a meal. See this table? Remember those letters? We can do more than a meal. Can't we? <laughs> we can. Work toward a day, a full 24-hour day. Let the Lord begin to grow your spiritual muscle. Get serious about what it is the Lord wants to do. And listen to this. Don't be deterred by hunger pains. Don't be deterred by headaches. If you have a headache, you know why? It's because your body's full of junk. You're just detoxifying. I mean, the devil's going to jump on that and, oh, you're going to die. You've got to eat. You've got to eat. It's been 16 hours. You know, it's been five minutes. You ever notice this? You can go a long time without eating through the day when you're just, you're busy, right? I've done many times, leave for work, at home at supper, have supper at six, first meal. Never thought of it. But you decide you're going to fast that day. I promise you by 10 a.m. you're starving. Yeah, and it's usually going to be the first day or two that you're going to find it's going to be difficult because, again, it's your body adjusting. But I promise you, as you grow in fasting, and again, take advantage of time with the Lord. If you're working through the week, you say, well, I work all week, Pastor, what do I do? No problem. Get up a little bit early in the morning, or again, take lunch hour for quiet, or when you come home, your family's at the dinner table, you go to your room, or you go to, you know, have a quiet time at night, whatever. There's lots of times you can find through the day, but I want to encourage you. And listen, I really want to encourage you to learn to fast, not eating food. There's lots of nice little fasts out there where you still don't feel hunger. You know, like I kind of feel like it's Lent, for those of us who grew up with some traditions, right? It's Lent, what are you doing? Well, I'm going without sugar. Yeah, that's called dieting. Yeah, that's all that is. That's just called dieting. Okay, so get into the meat of it. Fasting without food, fasting without prayer. And wherever you are, if you do fast, then I encourage you, wherever you may be, say, Lord, I want to go deeper. If, I, if I've gone one day lots, Lord, I want to go two. I want to learn to go three. I want to learn to go five. I want to learn to go three weeks. I want to learn to go 40 days. I've never done 40 days. I've done three weeks, never done 40 days. But I know the Lord's calling me to that sometime. It's got to be in his timing. But why? The Lord wants to take us deeper. The Lord wants to grow us. And the last two things you can do is you can commit to fasting on Wednesday. That's our fasting day here at Glad Toddings. You can join us and also join us, if you like, on, on Wednesday night. Take advantage of a quiet time, a quiet place away from the home. Come here on Wednesday night and join us for our hour of a prayer on Wednesday night. Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Fasting will help you to break the stronghold of your flesh and allow your spirit to begin to rise up and to begin to break into new things of what the Lord has for you. I really feel in my heart, let's stand together. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come. If you're here this morning 
and you just want to receive prayer for whatever it may be, we invite you to come. If you're here and you say, you know what, I just, I just feel the Lord is calling me to fast, and I just want to step out and be accountable and say, hey, would you agree with me? I want to start this journey of fasting. And why don't you just pray together with that person? Take 30 seconds, pray together, and say, Lord, I want to begin to move in that discipline, in that joy. Because if you do, and if we do corporately, what will the Lord do? He'll get us unstuck. And some of us are stuck. And we're wondering, Lord, why aren't I seeing more? Why aren't I seeing answered prayer? Why aren't I moving more in your gifts? I mean, I tasted some things, but now it's like, mm. or more than anything, he'll give you new tastes. And the Lord is saying it's time to begin to change your appetites. Get rid of the junk. Oh, I have such strength I want to bring you. I have a feast here for you. Come on. There's so much more that you have yet to experience. But you need new tastes. And that begins with fasting in prayer. So just bow your heart before we leave as Pastor Christian ministers this song. If you need to slip out, you are welcome to in just a moment. But if you need prayer or just want to join with someone in agreement, come on up. We'd love to pray with you. But as the song is being sung, would you just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart if he hasn't already? And would you make agreement with the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm going to begin to grow in this because there is just new stuff I need to grow into. Amen. God bless you. Just quiet your heart for a moment.